Hey everyone, Austin Swanson here, AKA 24-7, bringing a brand new video on Carlytics, discussing new observations made, upcoming earnings calls, and my updated allocations. This is going to be specific to Q3 and Q4 of 2021. We've already done a Q2 2021 discussion following the earnings call, following the price decline. And if you wanna read that right up or watch that video, I link it right at the beginning. So as a quick update, um, over the last month, I've really slowed down on my write-ups, my videos, my social media activity. Uh, I've still been talking quite a bit privately on Twitter, but uh, publicly posting, I've slowed down a lot. And I've been spending a lot more time on new ideas, my investment process, process in general, um, and just reading books and investment letters. However, it only takes a little bit or a few minutes of my day to look at Carlytics and see what's going on. Um, and given the current price, coupled with some of these new observations I'm making and my new allocations, I thought, hey, this, this could be worth discussing. So what I'm going to discuss today are those new observations that I've made during Q3 and Q4. I'll post the Q2 earnings call, and that's important. I'll talk about that later. Uh, my thoughts on the upcoming earnings calls uh, based on these observations and my updated allocations and investments for Carlytics. So the past few write-ups have been really long-term focused, so long-term that people think, why are you even wasting your time? This seems not, this seems pointless, but I, I always say, hey, I want to think about the runway, leads to a higher probability that I'm going to hold it longer and capture more of it or think, you know, what this true value could be. Uh, but at the same time, it's also important to think about what's going on right now. What is happening with the business? And even though I'm thinking five, 10 plus years for a single investment, you know, thinking that longer horizon, it still requires monitoring the business and saying, hey, is my original thesis? is still intact? Is the probability of success increasing? Is it decreasing? Is the business even improving or is it, is it worsening? Uh, and what about the customer value proposition? Is that increasing? And I always think that's one of the things I've been thinking about a lot over the last you know month or so. Uh, and was a write-up that I, I've been really trying to think through, but I've been waiting on it, but it's thinking about that customer value proposition. And for Carlytics, it's all the members of the ecosystem or the constituents. We've got the users, the advertisers, and the banks. I mean, those are essentially the customers uh, for Carlytics. All of them have a unique value proposition. And I want to, I always want to look, is that increasing for Carlytics? Because it is, the, the moat is widening, right? So I have no idea what's going to happen in the short term for short-term quarterly results, right? <laughs> I'm saying that now and I'm going to keep saying it. I have no idea. These are simply my observations that I'm making. These are my thoughts based on these observations and the allocations I'm making, right? Given the following observations, uh, it shows that the original thesis still seems to be holding intact. Uh, the probability of success seems to be increasing and the customer value proposition for everyone is also increasing. So even if upcoming results show poor financial results, I'll probably continue to buy um, unless something at earnings, unless they say something, right? It's not about the financial results, right? It's more if they say something that say, hey, the value proposition is decreasing or the business is worsening or probably success is decreasing. And we're going to talk about how I'm thinking about that throughout this whole thing. And so, uh, again, noticeable changes in the financial results. I don't expect them to happen anytime soon, right? Uh, and we'll talk about this. But Q2, when everyone, and we've talked about this, but like, I, I did not expect anything different, right? I know management gave guidance, but we're talking about significant changes in financial results. Not, you know, I, I'm talking about significantly more than what has ever been achieved. That I don't think is going to happen until you have more self-service rollout for more offers and more relevant offers. You have bridge integration for, again, the SKU level offers, more offers. You have CPGs using it, grocery stores. You're, you know, you're more likely to have more relevant offers and just 
increase engagement and usage of authors until you have the new user interface, which is going to require the new ad server to be deployed first, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, and Panera, I mean, they had this interview with Tegas and they specifically mentioned wanting, you know, more than just the logo and as well as the functionality for SKU to do, you know, uh, coffee subscription offers rather than 10% off Panera, which I have on my cards right now. And then also, Again, we need all of these items, including then using emails and push notifications to make users aware of all this, you know, new stuff, right? Because it's good to wait and for all this to happen because then you don't risk a bad first impression. If you give a user right now, they have five offers uh, and then send them a notification, they're likely going to have that bad first impression. And then even if they get a notification later, I'm like, why would I go back? There's only like five offers in that section. So it's good to wait. But again, until all these things happen, which are going to take some time, they haven't all occurred. We're making progress on them. And, and there's things that I, even in this write-up I'm going to talk about uh, that directly relate to this. But again, until they happen, I, I just don't expect huge financial results to, to change. But the reason for sharing all this, right? You might say, hey, well, then why are you even talking about this? Uh, I decided to share this because I feel like there's many promising improvements and developments at the exact same time that there's negative sentiment a lot of negative sentiment, I'll discuss that, and depressed prices, right? It's like, I've only really noticed this <laughs> uh, one other time, which was March 2020, when everyone was focusing on the worst case scenarios, talking, and you had very negative sentiment, sentiment, and you had everyone thinking, oh, this is gonna last forever, You and at the same time, there was companies, I mean, you had this, and you also had really low prices, but at the same time, there was companies that we're doing better. If you were just looking at the business, I mean, my, my favorite example uh, and one I invested in was Turtle Beach. It was just one of those things where under no circumstance was that business gonna be doing worse, but everyone thought the worst possible things. It was just like, hey, I go to all the stores, all their headsets are sold out. Uh, I look online, headsets are sold out. You have a game that was free to play, Call of Duty, Mar uh, Call of Duty Warzone, free to play. Everyone's playing it, everyone was stuck at home, people were off school, off work. It was just like everything was lead, and it was a game that required headsets to talk to your friends. I mean, just everything was like, this should be gonna be doing well, right? Uh, but everyone's like, no, this is this is gonna be the worst thing ever. The stock dropped from like $9 to four, whatever it was. This is kind of similar, right? That's why I wanted to talk about it. Even though like I'm not expecting crazy changes, it's like, hey, we have this large decline in the price of the stock, but the associated you know business uh, activities seem to be improving. It's not like everything's just staying the same. I mean, not only do we have nothing bad really happening, uh, or nor is the business just staying the same. We're, there's a lot of progress being made, and we're going to be talking about that in this write-up. And if and even more specific. These items that I talked about that need to happen, the market ignores them implicitly in the current stock price, right? And I talk about this in my valuation and write up, uh, uh, write up in video. So please view that. There's links right here if you want to uh, view those. They're ignoring those, right? But at the exact same time, as we'll talk about in these observations, there's things that can be seen right now that say, hey, they're making progress. These are going to happen. I mean, I have investors talking to me saying, push notification are never going to happen, right? Well, one, Chase already has push notifications. If I redeem an offer, I get a push notification, right? Banks, City specifically mentioned, even though they're not a partner, but they said they wanted those push notifications. So banks mentioned it. And then US Bank has officially added push notifications. They're not using them, but there's a section that that recently added where push notifications, you can turn them on. And we'll discuss that, right? So like that's for, for an instance. People are like, that's a huge benefit that people I've talked to there said, that's never gonna happen. It's happening, right? So <laughs> just, ah, it's amazing what you can see by just looking. I need to calm it back down. I said I was going to be nice and calm throughout this. So my observations, um, I try to include dates wherever possible. The reason for that is I wanted it to be things that were uh, post earnings call. So they weren't reflected in Q2, 
They were also not going to be known at earnings call. So like these weren't things that could have been discussed last earnings, nor were they included for Q3 guidance because it was passed uh, on August 3rd. This is all past that. There is a risk for confirmation bias, right? I might be looking only for things that are going to confirm my thesis, right? Or confirm my ideas. So one way I'm combating that is in my la in one of my last write-ups during Q2, uh, which I linked down below, I had items that I was looking, that I was monitoring that would, if I saw any of those items, it would give me, it would make me concerned, right? So all the observations discussed are in relation to what would make me concerned, so I, that at least keeps me honest, right? And I, I literally directly just copy and paste those. I'll read over them quickly. Uh, I directly copy and paste them from my last write-up because I didn't want to change them. I don't want to change the goalposts. It's like, hey, these are things that I said I was going to look for. Are, they, are those happening? Should I be concerned, right? And the other thing is, is even though most of these things have been you know, positive, I'm still having a lot of negative stuff uh, brought to my attention, right? I think there's more people when they reach out to me, it's regard, actually, especially this last quarter. And that's part of, why I'm talking about this is there seems to be a lot of negative sentiment because the amount of people that reached out to me with very negative things, like, hey, I saw this. What do you think about this? <laughs> it was a lot, right? And the reason why I haven't included them is most of them were just opinions. It wasn't, and I'm trying to talk about, hey, what is actually happening? What are we seeing? Not, what if this happens, right? That just, because what, what could tend to happen is then you're, <laughs> you start, you might be influenced by the price of the stock and then that negative sentiment plays into what you're, you're thinking. I want to say, hey, objectively, what is actually happening? There are those other things where there are factual things that are happening, but there was incorrect assessments regarding uh, how those observations apply to Cardlytics or they don't apply at all, right? So there's a lot that I really tried my hardest to include anything uh, that I saw that was related to Cardlytics um, and directly related to the items that I said, this would be what concerns me. So what would concern me? Uh, the number of banks or neobanks. If we saw a decrease in those, uh, because again, we'd have a decrease in MAU count, which opens the possibility of larger issues at hand, maybe competitive advantage is shrinking or the benefits of the banks is decreasing. Uh, awareness levels, if, the reje if there was rejection of the new notifications by the banks, right? Because that's a huge thing is that of those push notifications, that could be a huge advantage for Carlos in the future. So if, if they said, hey, we're not going to use those or we saw no banks adopting it, that could be a concern. Engagement levels, if there was rejection of the new user interface, which is going to directly relate to higher engagement levels. If, if for some reason they said, no, we're not going to switch the new ad server, uh, which isn't going to allow them the new user interface, that could be a concern. Um, if more advertisers just stop advertising, they weren't actually pausing, right? That's been a huge concern by investors. They said there's these advertisers during Q2 where they said they're pausing. Uh, and many investors think, no, they were, you know, management was lying. Those people just stop because th this doesn't even work. Cardalytics doesn't even work. Okay, that, that'd be a concern. If we, and we can monitor that by saying, are we seeing a decrease in the offers? Are they not coming back? Um, and then adoption of new advertisers. Is there bad reception from the self-service uh, with the agencies? Because if we don't have that, we need those more offers, those more relevant offers to fill up, uh, increase engagement, utilization, redemption, and all that. So these are all what I'm looking for. Is and I and I I lay out exactly what I'm looking for. And, um, oh, and the last thing was, is there just a decrease in the attractiveness of offers, the relevance of offers, the engagement and the awareness in general, right? Because if we have, if, if there's no offers or they're bad and they're, no one wants to use them, no one's going to redeem any offers, right? And so there's going to be no revenue for Carlytics. So all these things would be con a concern to me. And I want to say, hey, is there anything at all that's happened that maybe 
maybe gives us an idea of like, oh, this is why the price of the stock has declined so much because all these bad things have happened, right? So, and maybe here's the thing, right? Is at the end of the day, I could be looking at the wrong thing. I could make wrong interpretations of all these items, right? This, this is just my thoughts and then where I'm going from. Um, and again, I, I kind of like that I, I already pre-specified all these items in advance, uh, like two months ago. And then these are everything I've seen since. So first thing I said was a monitoring item. Are we losing any contracts with banks or neobanks? No. <laughs> uh, instead, so the first observation I, I, I saw was this uh, tweet by Carlytics. They're talking about neobanks and they have a blog post, but they, in the tweet and not in the blog post, they mentioned FigurePay, Betterment, and Zolve. Betterment's already been a partner with, with Dosh. Figure and Zolve were the first, this, I think this is the first time I've ever noticed these mentions, but they weren't mentioned anywhere else. And they were just tagged. Uh, I think Zolve, I don't know if they're the like, but they I think they commented on this. That was the first time I was like, oh, that's interesting. And prior to that, during Q2, we, we heard the 14 new neobanks and fintech. So I thought, okay, maybe this is a clue to that. Uh, but that give, that didn't give me absolute certainty. Like maybe they're just tagging them because they're talking about neobanks, right? This, this wasn't conclusive evidence to me that those were the new partners. Well, on Figure's website, they specifically mentioned, uh, how does the rewards program work? We have partnered with Dosh. <laughs> and then there's another thing of talking about the rewards. Uh, Earn Rewards has a number two that links to Dosh. So they're using Dosh. Zolve, same thing. What is Dosh? Uh, we need a reliable, 100% secure and gratifying friend. Meet Dosh. It empowers Zolve Rewards. So there you go. That was the evidence I needed to say that they were actually using uh, Dosh and Carlytics. So, uh, and then later on, Carlos actually made an official blog post about Zolve. So, and then two other neobanks um, or fintechs that were mentioned this year or that I found was Line or Line Financial or UseLine. I think their website's UseLine, um, which is an interesting name. And then TreeCard, right? And so, uh, similar to Zolve and Figure, both Line and TreeCard have term and condition pages where they explicitly state using Dosh, right? And then there's... Further proof, because when I saw Lion's website, I saw this the, the reward section, uh, this picture. Let's see if I can we'll make it bigger. Yeah, I saw that this is this is Line right on their website, Line, and they they show the rewards, and I was like, this looks so familiar. And I was looking all over Dosh's website because I'm like, I swear I've seen this picture before. And the reason I remember that was because I was like, Target <laughs> on a Dosh offer? Oh, that's amazing. But then I never saw any Dosh offers for Target. But then I finally found it on Dosh's website, and again. It's the exact same offer, the same picture. Look at the feature offer, features offer. See all, see all. Uh, same text at the bottom. Well, very similar. Get 5% cash back at Target. Get 5% cash back by paying with your connected card. Uh, but five, I mean, it just, I mean, unless they literally just copied and pasted it and then you're not using them, uh, not using it. But again, I mean, even the search bar is similar to, to Venmo. And again, there was the terms and conditions. So I, I feel confident that line's one of them. Uh, and then just today, uh, we got, uh, you know, the announcement of, I think it's Slide. I don't know for sure. I'm going to assume it's Slide, that there's a partnership with Slide. Uh, they mentioned that to get the offers that you need to link a, a credit card or debit card. Um, and so, and given that it's London based, I'm going to assume this is more with the open banking um, section, which is great, right? So long-term importance of all these offers. Well, one, in general, we're not seeing a decrease in the neobanks or, or bank partners in general, right? And so, but the more neobanks, fintech providers uh, or that we partner with, it provides advertisers with different places to advertise, different consumers, larger reach, and more data. In addition, in the situation where users 
switch from the traditional banks and move to more towards the neobanks and fintechs for their primary bank account and those associated transactions, uh, then it's in Carlyx's best interest to continually continue to partner with all these uh, fintechs. And really, I mean, they need to focus more on those neobanks that are really large. Um, some interesting things, again, about the long-term. FigurePay also mentions access buy now, pay later loans. Uh, Line mentions getting cash for emergencies and paying later. I mean, it's a little, it's, it's interesting. Um, those just sound more like loans rather than buy now, pay later, but it, with an extra step. But essentially, I mean, the, the buy now, pay later, I mean, everyone's talking about, especially with Cardlytics, people are so concerned about it. Uh, so even if there is that situation where that changes everything and Cardlytics doesn't work, well, then it's really good if we're, we're partnering with these providers of the buy now, pay later uh, uh, features. So, Additionally, if we're expanding, and so with the slide, right, if they're London-based, that's great because we're trying to expand that reach in the UK. It's been mentioned that Carlix doesn't even have the scale to match the demand in the UK for, for advertisers. So we want to keep expanding the reach. I mean, it's better trying to get, I think they said there's four main banks. They already got two of them. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to get the other four. So if they can get them th with the open banking, get large users, that would be great for advertisers. And again, additionally, for with more open banking partnerships, they'll establish Cardlytics as a leader. Uh, in the open banking space, if they're not already. Uh, and it could lead to more partnerships with Carlytics in the open banking space, which are then going to help with the advertising reach in the UK. Uh, but it would also expand upon their current advantage. I mean, Carlytics already has competitive advantage in, in this space for open banking and for aggregators uh, trying to take advantage of the rewards. Uh, specifically, Carlytics already has experience in this area with large amounts of transaction data. They're a trusted partner. Uh, I mean, give, I mean, you can just look at the social proof of all these banks using Carlytics. So if you're trying to decide as an aggregator, hey, who should I use as my partner? Well, maybe you should go with who has experience, who's trusted, um, and they also offer a revenue stream. I mean, there's all these advantages. So that's kind of why I'm thinking I'm still thinking about this in the long-term aspect. Okay, the second monitoring item that would maybe give me some concern is if there was rejection uh, by the banks with a new notification, such as push notifications, right? And so a huge, like again, it was still, like it made perfect sense that we would see push notifications. Uh, Carlos during Investor Day mentioned push notifications. Chase, I was already getting push notifications for redeemed offers. It was more about those new offers, right? Would we ever get push notifications for new offers? I thought so, right? People thought, no, it's never gonna happen. Well, during August, uh, US Bank, I was opening it up and in their cashback deal settings, all of a sudden, there was push notifications for allow for new and expiring offers or for uh, redeem. They already had the email stuff, but push notifications. Now, uh, when you tried to activate it, it wouldn't work. <laughs> uh, but later on, you could turn it on. But I'm hoping later on this just gets defaulted on because again, if, it, if it's defaulted off, the whole point is to let users know who don't know about the cash, you know, these, these cashback deals to say, hey, here's some offers, check them out, right? Not just about these specific deals. It's about just, hey, there's offers in general. And if it's defaulted off, well, then all those users will never know to turn it on because they don't know they exist. So that's something I'm actively monitoring. Uh, the long-term notification, again, it'll just increase awareness of not only specific offers, but also increase awareness of offers in general. So that was a great sign to me in terms of seeing that US Bank on the new ad server has push notifications. I haven't received one yet. I have it turned on, haven't received one. Uh, but again, the, the concern thing was rejection of new notifications by banks because it's all about the awareness. We're trying to increase the awareness of offers in general. So another related thing that I observed this uh, also in August was on Chase. They added at the bottom, 
ben a benefits section, which has another entrance to the Chase offers that are powered by Carletics. And then since then, I think they even added like an investments uh, tab. But I think Wells Fargo, so US Bank also has a, another section where you, so they have like two sections to get to the offers. Uh, Wells at one time, I haven't looked in a while, they had a tab specifically for offers. Uh, so this was good to see. I mean, this increases the awareness. I mean, again, if you're uh, a Chase user and you haven't ever seen the offers, but all of a sudden you have a benefits tab, you may be more likely to click it and then you're gonna more likely see uh, those, those offers. Other things that are increasing awareness. In September, uh, Venmo started, I all of a sudden, I saw, someone reached out to me and then I confirmed it, that if you redeem a Venmo offer, it appears on the social feed. And this actually worked so well that I had a friend reach out and say, hey, <laughs> What is this, right? Which is great. That's what you hope to have because that increases that word of mouth and people become aware of it. And so I thought that was great to see because that'll help increase the awareness of Venmo offers. Uh, and then another thing Venmo started doing, this was in October, they were actually promoting, and I still have this. Uh, so this was, I, I saw this about 11 days ago and then even still today when you, I open up my Venmo app, the first thing I see on the homepage is this thing about promoting cashback deals. Um, explore Venmo offers now, right? So again, Venmo's pushing it. They're pushing these cashback deals that are powered by Dosh still. Interesting thing to know. I talked about PayPal in the past and, you know, they had their super app, quote unquote. Uh, they had the deal section, which is, they always had the offers and the deals in the past. They just added a tab. They changed the, the imagery a little bit, uh, but it's pretty much the same as the past, right? Uh, it's, it, on PayPal, it's powered by Honey. But one thing that I've really haven't appreciated until lately is the fact that like Honey and some of this other stuff or offers that other companies are using are from affiliate marketers, which maybe it's not the right way to think about it, but I feel like one, there might be a conflict of interest is that you as an affiliate marketer uh, that is, you know, marketing on behalf of someone else, you want to increase the amount of redemptions as much as possible, which would mean if you found someone who was, you know, let's say it's Starbucks and they're going to Starbucks every single day. Well, as an affiliate marketer, you might want to give them the deals because it's like, they're going to redeem them more, right? And you're going to, you're going to make more money as an affiliate marketer. When as Starbucks, you're like, Hey, I really want to target the people that maybe aren't going as much because the share of wallet is they're actually going to Dunkin' more. We can convert them. Um, and another thing with the affiliate marketers, and again, that might not be the right way to think about it. That might not be what's happening at all. Right. Uh, but the other thing too, is the fact that the budget allocated to affiliate marketers is very low in comparison to the total digital ad space of advertising. Uh, I believe it's around like 12 billion when the total is, I mean, way higher than that. And so there's a small portion allocated to that, meaning you can't get higher uh, offer amounts, you can't give it to everybody. There's just all these restrictions with it. So at, what I'm saying is it'll be interesting to see to see, to see what PayPal does if they start incorporating Dosh with, you know, advertisers directly funding it and targeting. Uh, and so maybe that's why they're going to keep around Dosh for a while, despite Honey. I don't know. I wanted to include that. Feel free to reach out to me and we can have a discussion because it's an interesting thought. Okay. So, and the other thing is, <laughs> is I believe people like City uh, and maybe some other ones, what you'll see is because like there's similar offers, and I think I talk about this later, uh, is they're like, they're relying on a lot of affiliate marketers to populate a lot of their their ads, 
So, okay, another monitoring item, and what would have caused me concern is if that, you know, banks were rejecting the new user interface or the new ad server, right? Uh, as of right now, there hasn't been any talk of that, so it's really hard to say. So at least it wasn't like we have this negative sign where we heard banks like uh, Wells or Bank of America uh, who said, nope, we're not using it. So that hasn't happened. Um, US Bank is still on the new ad server. They're not on the new UI yet. Again, there's, they need to be on the new ad server for the new user interface to work from my understanding based on the investor day, uh, which is something I had wrong before. So if, if my own <laughs> past communications are conflicting with right now, now is what I'm understanding. Um, and the other thing is Chase seems to be on track for the new ad server, new UI based on the investor day comments. It's really interesting because they, they always talk about, oh, there's a big bank gonna be going on. But in, during investor day, unless it was a slip, they specifically say Chase is also, as Michael mentioned, on track to take the new Carlytix ad server and UI by the end of the year, uh, which will continue their engagement uh, growth tra trajectory. They mentioned it, right? So I don't know if that was on accident, but it sounds like unless things have changed, uh, that that should happen. And then Low Lynn Loby has mentioned that with Bank of America resigning, it opens up the opportunity to discuss moving to the new ad server. So it could be we could be hearing about that. Uh, and then so for some additional notes on the new user interface, I did a, a little Twitter thread if you want to link uh, view that. So the long-term importance of the new user experience is will likely lead to higher engagement levels, uh, more understanding of offers and in, uh, from those enhanced imagery rather than just logos. I mean, right now you look at some of these logos and you have no idea what these companies do. And it'll increase the odds of high redemption in ARPU levels. Another area where I'd be concerned is if advertisers just stop advertising. All those ones that said, hey, we're, you know, we paused and you know, maybe they actually stopped altogether. Maybe this doesn't work. Maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they can't use the results uh, within uh, their current modeling, right? They're using the multi-touch attribution. They say, no, we can't even incorporate this. We don't know if it works. We're not gonna use it. We don't understand. Um, you know, randomized controlled trials. We don't understand, you know, the pure incrementality with the A-B testing and the control groups. We don't, I mean, blah, blah, blah. There's all these things that they could say that why this won't work or why they, why they can't do it or there's better, you know, return on ad spent, whatever it may be, right? Uh, so let's see what we're observing, right? <laughs> the big thing was, you know, we had in Q2 the mention of, there was labor shortages. There was, you know, the lack of chicken or things like that. Well, hey, we're seeing offers from KFC now. We're seeing offers from McDonald's. So like some of these companies that weren't, I wasn't seeing offers from McDonald's for a while. And now all of a sudden I see a 15% offer. I mean, that's a pretty decent size offer or even KFC, right? Uh, by the way, their chicken sandwich, I tried it because of this offer is really good, really good. And it is that big. <laughs> Went there twice, both times. It was that, that big. So wanted to throw that in there. So we're seeing some return of the restaurants that maybe previously were stopping. The other thing is we've also seen travel resume. Before, I don't believe in any of Q2 and maybe in, until later in Q3, uh, I don't think I got any travel offers. And then all of a sudden I got Carnival Cruises, a Hyatt, I used it, redeemed it, got $27 back. And what was funny was I got there, they upgraded our room because they said they had very short staff and they didn't clean all the rooms. So again, that was kind of, it's like, you know, you had Lynn, Lynn talking about it, but that, hey, these are what, what's going on and why we're not having these offers. Or with travel in general, you just had people were going anyways because they were all cooped up, finally got their vaccine, they started traveling, so there's no reason to do the offers, right? It all just, it made sense, but, and, and people were just concerned, no, they're just not gonna advertise anymore. But here you go, they're advertising. Best Western, 10% off, Marriott, 5% off. I mean, all these travel-related offers started coming back. 
And so I think, you know, everyone was concerned that there was a larger issue at play uh, based on Q2. I, I truly think they were pausing it. Uh, there was a, an interview with, I believe, I can't remember who it was, but they, they specifically said, yeah, advertisers can pause campaigns. Um, and it makes sense that they were because, hey, we don't need to do these advertisements. And we have labor shortages. We have other, you know, shortages with the supply chain. We have whatever it may be they're coming back, right? I have more offers than I've ever had. This was 45. I'm now at over 60 some, um, and I've been redeeming some. So there was even more than that. I think, I think there's not much to be afraid of, right? I'd say this has uh, been less of a concern. Like before, I, what I was trying to say is this was already less of a concern given other advertisers have continually used the platform. They've mentioned how well it's worked and continually increased ad budgets. I'll mention this later, but Panera, uh, they said it once again, they're increasing their ad budget, right? So I think others began to fear larger issues based on these isolated cases of pausing. Uh, but again, they've resumed. It shouldn't be an issue anymore. So all these other larger concerns are probably not a concern. Um, so the reason also I want to talk about this, this section was, hey, is there anything that's is there any signs that advertisers are no longer using this? This isn't is not attractive to them. Well, what I found really interesting was we started seeing more advertisers use the platform differently. Uh, specifically, Starbucks. First time I've seen an app only offer. Right? I've seen pump only for gas stations, uh, online only, pickup only, but app only was new to me. Right? And I think this is to help increase the odds of customer conversion. They're more likely to make a profile and join the loyalty program, which is great because then you start focusing on lifetime value to customer acquisition costs, LTV to CAC. And I think that will increase the amount of ad spent in the channel because it's like, hey, if we can convert this customer and then have all this value, even over one year, and this is all it cost, 5% off a of coffee, well, we could pay way more than this, especially if you start switching to an auction-based pricing model. Uh, and so I thought this was a good sign that people are thinking about this. And then the other important part, right, is a lot of people think, oh, Starbucks has an, they have their own app. All these retailers have their own app. They don't need Carlitos because they can control their own advertising. Well, there's two things, right? Even though I have a Starbucks account, well, I might still be using Dunkin' and they need Carlitos. They won't see those Dunkin' transactions. And so, but with Carlitos, they can say, hey, you still have this customer, even though they're a part of their loyalty or they're, they're spending with, uh, uh, Carlitos, you should target them and convert them over. The other thing is, even though you have how many millions of people using Starbucks in their, their app is you still can't target the people that aren't using the, the app, right? So there, there's, there's so many benefits. And again, with Starbucks being one of the largest ones with the most successful app, the fact that they're using Car uh, Carlytics and specifically saying, hey, app only, we're trying to get those people. It shows why there's still this use or this, uh, this benefit of using Carlytics. Similarly, McDonald's trying to, they had a, uh, um, an app only offer, but in more interesting. So, you know, Starbucks, they had just their Starbucks logo and they added app only McDonald's did even like more unique, uh, you know, copy here with like the mobile order and pay with the picture of their app. I just thought that was interesting. I never saw that before. And this was interesting too, because Panera was specifically mentioning like, Oh, we want more than just the logo. And I know they're, they're talking more, you know, we want like going back to the offer up above where you can, picture something, right? This chicken, this picture of the chicken sandwich made, uh, Emma and I, my wife, we're like, Hey, let's go there. That looks really good. <laughs> and it was right. And so imagine when you start, you start having that richer imagery, you know, that'll, that'll be great. But specifically it's, it's, it's good to see. It's easy enough for someone just to say, Hey, throw up the logo. They thought, Hey, let's try something different here. Let's spend the time. Let's spend the energy. Let's spend the money to do something different and put a different logo. I just thought that was interesting to see. So if Cardlytics didn't work, you wouldn't have these advertisers coming back. You wouldn't see them trying new things or using it in this different way. I just 
and it worked, right? I did it. Uh, I even made sure this worked. I, I downloaded the mobile app, made a purchase. I mean, you would think it worked because it's just the underlying card. What I probably should have done is make make a purchase without the app to make sure it works. <laughs> Seeing if they're just trying to have that trust component, you know, of, uh, hey, we told you it's app only, so you need to use the app, but I need to try that. Okay, another thing that would be concerned is if there was just bad reception uh, of from agencies with the new self-service platform because we need those more offers. If they weren't liking the, the self-service, they weren't using it, whatever, that would be a huge concern. Um, but in September, myself and others started noticing significantly more offers within the bank channel. I mean, all of a sudden, I, I think it doubled the amount of offers. Uh, and although I can't know for sure, it's most likely because the self-service platform um, uh, platform rolling out because all these new offers from new companies that I've never seen before. In addition, users were saying that they started seeing a significant increase in local offers that matched exactly with DOSH. And so DOSH, I think a lot of those offers, those local, those hyper-local restaurant offers uh, are from like Rewards Network, uh, which also powers like City. And they just, you know, place tons of offers in there. So you might see the same offers on your city app as the same, the same as DOSH. Uh, and so I, I asked, so, so when some people mentioned like, hey, I saw all these really specific local offers, I said, hey, download DOSH, see if they're the exact same. And they were. So that's likely the reason it's affiliate marketers like Rewards Networks pushing offers not only on DOSH, but now also on Carlytics, which is great. Having some of those more local offers that are very relevant to, to users and, and maybe more interesting. And so during Q3, the earnings call, we're supposed to get some more uh, uh, agency numbers uh, those are supposed to be reported. So we'll get more information there. But again, I'm not seeing anything going. The big sign would be, hey, I had 30 offers before. Now all of a sudden this quarter, I have four. <laughs> Self-service is supposed to roll out. I'm not seeing any new advertisers. That doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, another area would have concern is just if offers in general just start moving back in the opposite direction. A huge part of my idea here is thinking, hey, especially if we're thinking about LTV to CAC, like this is such an amazing platform to do that with the certainty uh, of the purchase date and be able to monitor those purchases and try to convert customers based on the wallet share. This should be the optimal solution of thinking in terms of that LTV to CAC. Right? So what we should see is huge increases in offers, especially those first time purchases, which can be done. Um, and so if we're not seeing that, or we're just more in general, we're just seeing offers decrease in amount. I mean, that'd be really bad. If you all of a sudden we're only seeing 5% offers, people aren't gonna use them. They're not gonna talk about them. So what are we seeing? We're seeing some of the biggest offers. I feel like this is getting almost promotional. Like, and that's not what I mean. I just got really excited because like all of a sudden on Dosh, I mean, this was crazy to me. Saw 48% off cash back. I mean, 48%, really specific number, but huge number. And again, here's the key. It was only for new customers, right? And then one and a half percent back ongoing. That is all about customer conversion and then thinking about that LTV to CAC. I mean, it has to be, right? And so it's a huge offer. Later on, they changed it to $16 off, but um, there was no minimum, <laughs> which is interesting. And so my wife and I, we made a, a purchase on Uber Eats. It was $20, I believe, with tax and tip. And we got $16 back. So it was 80% off. I mean, that's that's crazy, right? So it's even better than the 48% off. Uh, since then, I think it went back to the 48% off. Maybe they realized people, because I think, I didn't do this, but I think even if you would have done like a $5 offer, it might've just given you $16 back. Because uh, it doesn't say anything about minimums. Also, if you ever have any problems with uh, Dosh, I, their customer service is amazing. I had one issue. I used this offer right away and it wasn't working perfectly where I hit the shop button. It, it took me to their website when it was supposed to take me to their app uh, as specified by their terms and conditions. Didn't work. The offer didn't come back. Boom, they credited me in, into my account like within minutes via email. So I thought that was really impressive. But then later on, they fixed it. 
right? Because then we did it on my wife's app, went to the went to the mobile app of Uber Eats instead, and instantly got our cash back. So, anyways, I thought this is I thought this was very important to see that you know more people uh, are thinking in terms of the LTV to CAC where there's going to be larger ad spend again. Again, you can spend way more in the channel, right? $16 off on a single transaction that could be only $20, 80% off, huge, right? Which likely is going to have a correspondingly high amount of ARPU for users, uh, high amount of uh, revenue, and then ARPU. And so I, I just, this gets me really, really excited. It's much better than focusing just on a single transaction. I mean, you can just see it. They're, they're focusing on, hey, can we convert that customer and then keep them going? So hopefully then with the new uh, user interface and ad server and the banks, we see something similar. Upon that, are we seeing more? Is that, is that an isolated case? We saw one of the offers that like made me, I, I, had, to, I had to go back and look. <laughs> because if, at first, when this first came out, it was only the 48% off before I thought about, hey, $16 off a $16 order. Uh, so later on, like almost immediately, immediately, after, immediately after on Venmo, there was a $10 offer at Panda Express for a $10 minimum. And I started thinking, so wait, I spend $10 and I get $10 back? 100% off? Sure enough, <laughs> I, I went there just to make sure it worked. Um, and it did. Uh, I went with, I split this with Emma, right? This wasn't just, just me. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, it's, just a, it's a lot of food. Uh, but it was $12.09. And then fairly quickly, I got it back and I got $10. So, I mean, you could have essentially had a free meal. And this is important. I'll talk about this in a sec. But there's, there, there's a lot of important fact, uh, things around this. The first thing is it illustrates the power incentives, right? I had to use my Venmo QR code to pay, right? That was, oops, that was the way to do this. Uh, and so you have one thing of if the offers amount, you can change customer behavior. And that's why Venmo is doing this. I think that's why PayPal or Venmo, I'm guessing they're the ones funding these offers directly because they want more people to use Venmo as their preferred payment method, right? And make it that primary bank. Uh, but another thing is the power of large incentives or the large offer amount. I told my dad about this and right away, he, re he recognizes a free meal next day, starts texting me. How do I use this? Where are the offers at? How do I go there and pay with Venmo QR code? This is, this, this is my dad, right? Like this is someone who would never pay with a mobile phone or a QR code, but he, because the incentive was so large, a free meal, he wanted to figure out. Furthermore, there was a website, right? And I, I, I linked to it. And there they discussed this Venmo offer. Uh, there was 100,000 views. It was a front page deal, had a good deal score. And people were talking about, they went, there's all this discussion, 264 comments. And people were discussing like, hey, how do I do this? Where are these offers at? Again, when the offer is large enough, people will care, right? 10% off. No one cares, right? It's great when you start factoring in like, oh, 2% cash back on your other cards. It's amazing, right? Especially if you get enough more offers and more relevant offers, then it's way better than your other cards and you're more likely to use them. But again, to get people interested and start looking, you need stuff like this. You need these high value offers. And so as we get more of these, people are gonna talk about it more. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna use them more. They're gonna see other offers. But here's a huge important point about this, right? And this is, I think, central to part of my thesis or my thinking about my large expected values in the future for Carlytics is most think, oh, engagement will never reach, you know, high percentage offers or high percentages, right? Think for a sec, instead of just Panda, which was relevant to me or my dad or those other people on the, that thread, is imagine then more advertisers, you know, start spending more. They start thinking about, you know, converting customers, think about optimizing their business, about payment solutions. Do you think it's reasonable if there's an offer that's relevant and it's a free offer, free food, 
free meal, free, you know, movie theater tickets, free, you know, theater tickets, free what? I mean, just anything free. <laughs> Will people not take the free money? So I think as long as you, as ad budgets increase, as more offers come on here from self-service, it's so likely to be. I just don't see how, as if, as you start matching these offers up and you have attractive offers that people won't redeem at least one offer in an entire year. And again, if, if you think, you know, if my consumer incentive was $10 here, if, you know, the ratio right now has been two to one, where the amount of revenue per consumer incentive has been like two to one, but there's some interesting things with, you know, cost per redemption versus cost per serve sale and who's responsible and how it's appearing in the 10K. I've talked about this in the past, but like, even if you assume that instead of two to one, where there's $20 of ARPU per $10 of consumer incentive, if you just assume one to one, $10 of ARPU, and well, right now it's what? $1.34 in the Carlytics. So it's just like, and that's one offer over one year. Imagine one of these offers per month, right? I mean, I redeemed both this one and then the $16 off of Uber Eats. And those were what? 9.13 and 9.15? Like they're right back to each other, right? And so it's like, oh, that's why you get so, like, that's why it's just insane. You start doing the math. I mean, it just, Carlos has such scale. Oh my gosh. So intense, huge operating leverage. It's just so interesting to me, right? The other thing about offers uh, is you start getting more exclusive offers, right? The Chase Sapphire exclusive, they used to just have this one, uh, but Alberts, Mr. Porter, they th these are you know high value brands, high value offers. Um, and the Alberts one got a lot of talk. I posted on Twitter, people were saying, oh, this is great, I'm gonna use this. I even had a friend who reached out to me I didn't even talk to him about this. He's like, oh, I just bought Alberts because of that offer. He's like, they never have, or I, I believe they, most say they, like, they don't usually discount their brand, right? They don't have all, uh, deals on them. So this was a really interesting way to do this. And it, it gets you thinking, what about all those other premium brands that don't usually discount and they don't want to discount? They don't want to have 20% off sale at Tiffany's or, or whatever it may be, but they could individual, like individual pricing, they can send individual offers to someone, and especially with this card, right? You know, more expensive card that has a fee of having more benefits. If they could even advertise, uh, if Chase advertised, hey, look at these offers, these brands never go on sale. But if you use this, you get $50 back. This card might cost, you know, I don't remember if it's 450 bucks a year now, uh, but they already get, you know, get the travel credit, but hey, you can save all this other money on the platform. And not only is if they're fun, if Chase is funny in this, helps Carlytics because it brings more awareness and more redemptions. It helps the banks because it increases engagements and use of this card. It increases users. They're saving more money. That's great. Advertisers or the actual associated company of Alberts, they're selling more, especially if Chase is the one funding it. So it's just like, again, these are all just positive things we're seeing. Uh, I thought maybe they were using, maybe they're using revenue share, putting it back in and helping, you know, increase offer amounts. Uh, but there was a quote during investor day, Chase continues to take full advantage of our platform by reinvesting their own loyalty marketing dollars in the program with the focus on driving audiences and brands. So uh, maybe loyalty marketing dollars is something different. Uh, other things we're seeing with different offers, right? Made me second look, uh, maybe you have to do a double take on this because it, it, was, it was so interesting to me, was a dash pass offer, right? Before we were only having DoorDash, right? The, the company at large that has very, very product-like offers, right? Uh, or has all these different individual offers because you could order it was always 10% to 20% off, right? All of a sudden you had something else of the dash pass. Usually with a company like this, if it was 10 to 15% off and I got the dash pass and it's $10 a month, I would only get the 10% off, right? Because there was no way to individualize, say, hey, 
is he actually buying the dash pass or is he buying food? Cause it's just going to come on the credit card with one statement. So at first I'm like, is bridge in already integrated? Cause this is on us bank. But after looking more, they have two different statements uh, or statement descriptions, DoorDash, DashPass, and DoorDash. So then they could individualize, say, hey, nope, he did buy something different. It wasn't a DoorDash purchase because it was $5 back. Meaning if I went on DoorDash and I just got uh, one small delivery and it was $5, would I got $5 back? Because how are they going to be able to distinguish at the product level? But they had a different description, the, the DoorDash, DashPass. So I thought that was super interesting. And again, Panera mentioned that they wanted this feature. They wanted to actually advertise their subscription service of the coffee subscription. And so I thought that was super interesting to see. It's a really important point with this, this DoorDash here, because it's possible this opens up the, the possibility of being able to do product level offers without bridge integration. I mean, if, if Star or if Panera, who wants to advertise like this and say, hey, here's our coffee subscription service, and then they're able to put it on the, like maybe you have to buy it online, which is fine if you're you know doing this offer because you link right to them. If, if, if Panera did it, they said, hey, we have our Panera coffee membership or subscription, and they could put it on the description or on the, uh, your credit card statement or debit card statement in the description as something different than Panera, so they can register that, well, then they can start doing that offer. And that really, again, when you're thinking about the, the conversion of a customer and getting a coffee subscription, right? Maybe you give them that free, the first free month, which, which, which let's say is $8, right? Well, then you benefit from every single month afterwards and all the other associated purchases. So the LTV to cap could be huge, right? Could be just massive. So I think this is really important to see. I mean, bridge integration is going to happen anyways. Panera is even a bridge uh, client already. But if we could speed up the process like this and see more clients doing this, that'd be awesome. That'd, that'd be great to see. So I thought that was very interesting to see. Another huge thing that I thought was very good to hear was in a recent Tegas interview with, with Panera. That's why I, I keep bringing up Panera. Uh, they mentioned doubling their ads. If I'm if I'm interpreting this right, and I, I, I wanted to make sure I do a direct quote because in case I'm not interpreting this, but they said, we've ratcheted up our, our spend significantly this year versus last year and intend to do even more doubling our, our spend next year versus this year. So more and more of our budget is going to Carlytics. Uh, this SVP, the chief digital officer at Panera, fairly new. I mean, I've been seeing more Panera offers. Uh, I believe he's worked at like two or three other places where he's always used Carlytics. Uh, they even mentioned really interesting things where there was a someone with marketing experience who previously worked at Dunkin' Donuts and then started working at Panera. And they were mentioning that they're like, oh yeah, if we needed to, to, to crank out some numbers before earnings, we'd always use uh, Carlytics. And so that was like, it was an interesting thing. And, you know, I get Dunkin' Donuts offers quite a bit. And so... The long-term importance of this, we're seeing higher ads in the channel, which is going to lead to more users with more offers. They can reach more people, uh, which is something they talked about that they wanted to see that geo-specific uh, geo, uh, lift. Like if they target everyone in a specific state, are we seeing that increase there, right? Yes, we're seeing this incrementality in the data you're giving us, and we, you know, we have Nielsen verifying and all that, but can we see it if we target everyone? And again, that's going to, I mean, the huge thing would be, think, of, think about the, like if, if, if Panera, like DashPass, they do a subscription, and all of a sudden... They do this offer and they see a tripling in a month of the amount of people doing the, the Panera subscription, right? That would be a good enough sign, but they want to do that geo lift, which could be possible uh, if they keep increasing their, their, their budget. And so, um, and again, it'll reach more users or maybe they do the same amount of users, but they do a higher amount to convert more, uh, which will lead to more engagement, more word of mouth. Hey, look at, look at this great offer I got, kind of like we're seeing with the Panda Express and overall just higher ARPU levels. Um, and I believe this is the, yeah, the last observation, what I talked about before, 
I think this has been the most negative I have heard investors talk about Carlytics. The amount of people <laughs> that are talking positively uh, or I'm actively talking to, uh, I can name three, maybe three investors or three three other people. Uh, and there's a lot of people that I've I've messaged, I've been messaging over over the last few months, and and that's it, right? There's three, <laughs> which is good, right? Be be greedy when others are fearful, but but you have to be rightfully so. That's why we look at the op- observations, right? There's no if 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 they're right of being like, hey, they're they have the right reasons to be negative, then we shouldn't be greedy here. We shouldn't be buying more. There there should be there would be a reason for, for concern. But when we're looking at all these observations, right, I, I don't see that reason to be negative. So, anyways, uh, there's lo- likely a large amount of negative sentiment building the current price. Uh, many sold last quarter, including people I know that who understand the company and who previously really liked the company. Um, and then the average holding period, which I don't know if it's the perfect way to calculate, it, but I take you know the free float divided by you know the average volume, and I can get an idea of like how long it takes to to uh, go through uh, the entire free float to know how much is this turning over. Uh, if you look at some like like a Berkshire Hathaway A stock and you do that ratio, it's like you could convert it into like a super long average holding period, right? Like there's very low volume and there's a lot of flow. It takes a while to get through it all. But with Carlytics, it's like three months, right? That it would take to get through it. it it's very frequent. And that also lines up with quarterly results. And that also corresponds to, hey, after these quarterly results, we're seeing large price declines or price action, right? Because people are reacting based on the price, uh, 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 they're playing for these quarters. But beyond just the public comments made, like on Twitter, blogs, podcasts, I've had several individuals reach out to me and all regarding concerns of the company. Uh, and it reminded me just, I mentioned it at the beginning, reminded me of March of 2020. Everyone's just focusing, like, it's not even like, it, it, it's it's coming having these very fearful thoughts, right? And I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to call anyone out. So um, I'm not going to say anything specifically, but um, it was just like, really it started getting almost just speculative right what if this 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 and this 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 happened right like all these things line up sure that is a concern but here's the price of the company in relation to like even if that's an it has a 90 percent probability of occurring and the company goes to zero and there's a 10 percent probability that the company goes to 50 billion well the expected value is 5 billion and the current the current market cap is 2.8 or whatever right so it's like that seems to be baked in um a lot uh, but also it just seems like that has a low, it doesn't have a 90% probability of occurring. And at the same time, we're seeing all these other like indications where that's not the case that like, those are not issues, right? Or people just being very like, Hey, I noticed this. What are your thoughts? And I'm just, I would look at it and I'd be like, okay, maybe. And I would start thinking about it. Just like, this just doesn't like, I feel like we're reaching really far here that this is really a concern. So I believe, I believe a lot of this negative sentiment is, well, like March of 2020, when you have these large price declines, people start thinking the worst case scenario, right? Well, maybe our other investors know something I don't. And so maybe this is why, right? Or oh, this company is obviously doing bad. And so this is also going to happen. And so you just start making all these really negative sentiments. Again, all of them could be true. I could be wrong. No doubt, right? But I believe a lot of the negative sentiments comes from the two consecutive quarters of lackluster revenue and earnings. Um, there's no been there hasn't been really any large announcements lately uh, beyond the Dosh Bridge and Investor Day announcements, which I think are all large announcements. Uh, but they haven't shown up in results yet, so people aren't too happy, even though they've said, "Hey, this is going to take a while." <laughs> um, in addition, there was no full year guidance, so I guess that could compound where people think, "Wow, must be bad if they're not going to give us that full year guidance." So um, again, the, the current price of Carlos could have a lot of built-in negative sentiment, leading to even a further gap between the value and the price. 
So what are my conclusions based on all these? Uh, concerns. Well, given all the above, I think there does not seem to be anything to uh, be concerned about at this time, despite what might be assumed by most if they looked at the price for, for guidance. If they said, wow, I mean, the price is down a lot. There must be a lot going wrong. Um, if anything, it looks like there's been a lot of good progress made. Uh, probability of success, I think it's increased. I mean, again, talking about the, the, the my last or one of my previous write-ups where I talk about valuation, I think about all these scenarios and some of these really good scenarios of what could happen uh, and then take a probability to get the expected value, right? Well, the probability of those occurring seem to be increasing, right? If instead none of these happened or really bad things start happening, we lost banks, they weren't going to use the new ad server, they weren't going to use, you know, there was less and less offers because the uh, agencies don't like the self-service platform, all these reasons, well, then the probability of those scenarios would have decreased. But instead, we're seeing the exact opposite, which is so interesting at the same time that the price keeps declining. And so I feel like the expected value is increasing. Customer value proposition, right? I think, I, I think this is just so important when I'm trying to think about businesses, um, and especially in terms of users, advertisers, and the banks. For users, in general, they're able to save more money because there's more offers and more specific offers where they want to actually save their money. Uh, a lot of that's from the self-service. There's also higher value offers, especially those bank exclusive offers uh, that never discount. There's also higher value offers focused on the customer acquisition. Think about the Uber Eats, the Venmo. Uh, the, there's been the, res the resuming of offers for like travel and restaurants. Uh, increases in ad budgets for next year. So you know, they're going to save more money or more people are going to save money. So again, the value proposition of this platform, more offers, more money they can save. I think it's a better proposition to users than it was even just a little bit ago, right? I mean, to me, to, I'm saving way more money than I was last quarter. The, the Pan Express, $10. Uber Eats, $16. Uh, Hyatt, $26. All within the last quarter, right? Advertisers, there is the value proposition increasing. Well, they're getting the self-service now, so they have more control. They can do, there's quicker use, more testing, a better experience for them. It also opens up for more small and medium businesses to eventually be able to advertise on the platform where before maybe they had to work directly with Carlist, which wasn't feasible. Um, and so the, the value proposition is increasing. There's more entry points into the to the offer. So it's more likely that users are going to engage with offers, use the offers, and then, you know, actually redeem the offers, which is great for advertisers, right? They need higher engagement. Uh, progress of notifications. I mean, we're seeing US Bank actually add notifications or push notifications. So it's more likely that advertiser, that if they do an offer, maybe they have that perfect person in a certain location at the exact time, and they're more likely to get that, con that conversion. We've, been, we've seen increased capabilities for advertisers to do product level offers, like that Dash Pass, right? Where previously we've been saying, oh, isn't this only possible with Bridge, right? So that's a great value proposition. Uh, increased possibilities for business optimization, the QR codes, like on Venmo, the app only, those functionalities, that's great. Same thing, logo, you can do different things like McDonald's. I mean, they're, they're thinking of different things that maybe we're going to see more advertisers being like, wait, we can use this logo space for something else. Uh, more places to advertise with larger reach, more data, and longer life of Carlytics because of them adding those new neobanks and fintechs. And also, is the value proposition increasing? I mean, value is relative, right? And so is the value proposition increasing relative? I mean, kind of redundant, but is it increasing relative to others, other platforms? Well, with iOS 14.5, losing some of that tracking abilities and the cookies, uh, and maybe the effectiveness of ads on other advertising platforms has decreased in relation to Cardlytics, which has absolute certainty <laughs> in their results that maybe that makes this a better value proposition. I think it does. Uh, banks, 
more advertisers. So is their value proposition increasing? They're, they're concerned about the engagement, the use of their offers. They want to, they want to have low attrition of bank customers. Well, there's more advertisers from the self-service increasing the number of offers and the relevance of offers, which will increase those engagement levels. There's higher value offers leading to higher engagement and more people using those offers. Uh, progress of notifications. So people are going to be more aware of the offers in the banks, opening up their apps, opening up their digital uh, banking apps and seeing those offers and, and engaging with the app more. Um, and then increases in ad spend, which will increase the amount of offers to more people or, or higher amounts, which again, increase those engagement levels. So I think customer value proposition across the board is increasing. Thoughts on upcoming earnings. Okay. Disclosure. It is worth repeating. I have no idea what's going to happen in the short term. I mean, short-term quarterly results, I mean, I have no clue. Literally, it could be even below guidance. Excuse me. So I'm I'm not going to stand here and say I have any idea. This is all just throwing this out here. This is not investment advice. This is educational purposes only. This is only just what I'm thinking about. So despite the observa- observations discussed all pri- uh, above, it may be a while till any of these benefits from the improvements show up in financial results, right? And, and we might see no impact in the immediate future, nor Q3 or Q4. Uh, I mean, most of the stuff I talked about was in September, which is the last month of the quarter. So in Q3, we might not see any of this actually having an impact, let alone that was there was a short period of time. We're not even uh, one month into Q4. Uh, so who knows if all this decreases suddenly? So Q4 could be bad. It's just way too hard to tell. That's why quarterly results are so hard. Uh, but with the earnings announcement, uh, announcements, Lynn Lobby has mentioned, uh, I, I've gathered from others that like there could be, you know, with a depressed stock price, it does impact, you know, senior employees who have a higher portion of their compensation based on, you know, the stock, having that stock based compensation. So if she's worried maybe about employee turnover or, you know, low morale or anything like that, uh, there might be a higher probability then because she's specifically calling this out that there could be a higher probability of an announcement this quarter uh, to help increase the positive sentiment with the company say, hey, things are fine, right? Things are good. <laughs> um, both which could increase the you know the, the price of the stock. Oh, the other thing, not only just announcements, is just saying, hey, we're increasing our long-term expectations or maybe having just uh, Q4 or full-year uh, full guidance. But specifically regarding announcements, I, I went through, and some of these are very speculative, but I'm just throwing stuff out here. What could be announced, right? Just to give you an idea. So I try to indicate, does it have high or low likelihood? So very high likelihood, uh, announcing uh, self-service agency results. That was supposed to start or is supposed to start in Q3. So we should start hearing that. Another high likelihood, more agencies using self-service, right? If this is rolling out, we went from two in the beta uh, and then 27, I believe, was the number reported in Q2. Maybe a few more. They, they mentioned there was more agencies that weren't using it. I believe you'd have to look at the Q2 transcript, but I believe there's more agencies out there. So I think it's probably a, high li- like a, a larger likelihood that we've progressed more from 27 to something higher, which increases the amount of offers, relevance of offers, et cetera. Also, high likelihood of positive developments around the push notifications, which we've seen, new advertisers that come to the platform, the resuming of ad spend by, by travel and restaurants, increasing of ad spend like Panera, exclusive offers like the Chase Exclusive Reserve. There's been all these positive developments. They could mention them, right? Uh, another high likelihood event could be discussing the Bank of America resigning. That was prior, previously, I think it was like November 4, 2021, but that got extended to December 31st, 2021. I'm not sure. It might be to sync everybody up because I believe some of the other banks, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, when I remember some, it was one of the U- UK banks, they were on a different cycle, but then they did it where there was resigning on December 31st. So maybe they're just trying to sync everybody up. I'm not, I'm, I have no idea. Uh, I know some people are really nervous about them 
resigning. Um, give, again, they're thinking about the worst case scenarios, but I think I just don't see them not resigning. I mean, I've even heard, and I'll talk about this a little bit more. I've heard things where American Express was actually interested in using Cardlytics, but at the time they didn't want to give up some certain data. I don't know more than that. I know City back in the day was trying to work with them and they wanted all these features and they thought it was actually a large capital investment um, at the time to do it. You know, they, they wanted more features that are now going to be a part of Cardlytics that weren't in the day. And at the same time, um, they thought it was going to be a large investment to go through the integration process. Well, now there's probably with all these more offers and higher uh, ARPU amount and probably even more so going forward that they probably could cover that capital investment through their revenue share. I mean, if Bank America or US Bank, I'm assuming is smaller than City based on market cap and amount of users, um, I'm going to assume then that they're, if they're able to fund it, then so could City. So all to say, all these other banks want to use Cardlytics. Um, and so I don't see, I mean, it's so much harder to do this on your own. There are competitors. There's competitors like GoFig. Uh, I heard, I think even Bank of America might be even testing them. I don't know too much beyond just speculation of, of what I heard. Uh, but again, the thing with like some of the GoFig, you have lower amount of banks, you have less reach, you're not gonna attract advertisers. So you have to rely on more affiliate marketers like the rewards networks. Um, uh, there's there's some other ones I can't remember the name of them but again I talked about the the negatives of the affiliate marketers they're they're smaller in amount they're less reach um, they're not specific to people but who knows right anything can happen but I think there's a high likelihood that gets discussed and I I think they're gonna resign I mean if they've been with them for what ten years with Cardlytics and now all of a sudden now we're getting the new ad server the new UI the bridge integrations the new I mean all I mean now more advertisers come to the channel and now you're gonna leave. <laughs> It's possible, right? But I, I just, I don't see it happening. We'll find out. I mean, it's, it's, it's a concern, and I think that's why it'd be really great if it got announced during this next quarter. And especially because it's, it's the resigning's coming up here soon. I think there's a high likelihood it could be discussed. Um, another thing is just a high likelihood be naming those 14 new neo banks and fintech partners. Um, they, there was the, the innovative fintech that was hinted at last quarter. Maybe that will finally get mentioned, right? Uh, medium likelihood, there could be some more neobanks or fintechs. I mean, it's possible that the ones I was seeing were actually not even the 14 new ones, right? But I'm hoping that there's could be some larger ones like the new bank Ch uh, Chime, Re uh, Revolut, uh, Cash App. Uh, I mean, even Revolut, I, I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I'll, I'll be foolish. Uh, but it, it, even so pri previously, people thought they were already using Carlitis because the, the Offers itself were very similar to like Dosh, but again, that could be because of affiliate marketers. Uh, but even the, the layouts were very similar. There was all these similarities, but I thought even more interesting, all of a sudden that layout and all the offers went away from me. I went down to like one offer. Now I have like three offers before I had just tons like Dosh. And so maybe that's a signal that they're switching to a new uh, partner. I don't know. That's speculation. But again, it would be great to hear some more neobanks and fintechs. I mean, similar, like we just had the, the slide, uh, but that's more open banking side, I think. Right. The other thing we could hear is maybe an increase in the MAU count, right? A big concern was this little decrease in the MAUs. Everyone's freaking out. But at the same time, we haven't included any of the DOSH numbers. We haven't included Venmo, which is huge, like 75 million users. Yes, there's a huge overlap. It's not a primary account. People aren't doing their transactions there. I get it there. I totally get it. But there's people looking there, right? Like all the, I don't have it up anymore. All those people that were looking at the Venmo offers and say, oh, all of a sudden, how many of them don't have a Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, U.S. Bank account that they don't have offers in general, but they can start redeeming offers via, via the QR code or the Venmo debit card? I mean, that could be huge. I mean, how, I wish I would know how many people actually redeemed that offer because what if out of the 75 million, 
you know, 500,000 did or a million did. Boom, you just saw that $1 million blip that we saw last quarter, right? Um, let alone all the other banks. It's just, it, it, it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, we're, we're essentially ignoring it right now. And again, I totally get it. It's not the primary account uh, or primary bank accounts or transactions, but it's increasing, right? Medium likelihood, uh, another announcement is just more success of open banking, such as more partners like Slide. That's possibly how it's working, given that they mentioned it's, it's London-based and that there's, uh, more, you know, users have to link their card, which seems very similar to the Nectar Connect situation. Other things that could happen is more banks plan to go to the new ad server, such as Wells or Bank of America, uh, especially if it matches up with the new resigning. Maybe there's news of integration with Bridge. Like people think that might not even happen, right? So again, negative sentiment. But if they announce, hey, we're, we're on track or it's it's moving up, well, that'd be great to hear. Other things is, uh, is could be announcement related to banks putting more of their revenue share back to the, pl the platform, such as the Chase Sapphire Reserve exclusive offers. Again, that might be something different, but PayPal might be funding those QR code offers because both on PayPal and, and Venmo. And so more of these people are trying to fund these platforms to increase the attractiveness. That'd be great. We could also hear some stuff maybe about increasing advertisements based on iOS 15 and those restrictions that are leading to people, maybe they're using more marketing mix modeling, which allows you uh, people to incorporate their incrementality results from like Cardlytics. Um, and instead of saying, oh, we can't use this at all because we're using individual individual level multi-touch attribution modeling, right? I've talked about this on, on Twitter. Here's a link, click on it. There's a thread on it. Uh, feel free to re reach out to me if you want to discuss more. But in general, it might be that people are saying, hey, we're losing some of our... Uh, the credibility of some of these other advertising platforms because we're losing cookies and the tracking of users, which is needed for the multi-touch attribution. And so Carlyx is now with that certainty, just a much more reliable source and let's use it. Uh, and it's, and Carlyx announces, wow, we're seeing a lot of progress from that. Uh, potentially, this is very low likely. We could have new partnerships for merchants such as like Maple Square would be great or, or Afterpay um, and Afterpay, but also like Stripe. They've I, I talked about this in my, my partnership uh Right up in video where Stripe, they already have tons of partnerships. And if they could integrate the self service platform into Stripe, whew, that'd be awesome. Very low likelihood. Another thing is in other traditional banks, maybe, maybe there's more that signed up. Again, I talked about American Express previously. They had concerns with like was sharing the data. That's what I got from from others. The other thing was City that they wanted to do it, but they they didn't want to. They had all these things they wanted, uh, like skew possibility or well, specifically like push notifications with like ge geolocated push notifications. Well, that's something that Carlos has been talking about. Um, and they also had concerns with funding, you know, the integration, and everything. Well, if there's higher, there's more revenue coming in, so more, more bank revenue share, they probably can fund more of that. Again, if US Bank can do it, I'm sure City can do it. Um, and American Express, maybe now with all these new additions, right? I think they're going to make this, Carlos is going to have this huge step now with the SKU, the self-service, the, the new user interface, all these things is going to make it night and day difference between American Express. And again, one thing to note about American Express, people will say, oh, so much better, right? The thing is, is when advertising Advertisers use American Express. From what I heard, this could change. The reason there's higher offer amounts is they don't have, well, one, is they're not splitting it between a Cardlytics and the bank uh, for this other component. They don't have to even pay American Express, right? Even though you could say, oh, it's American Express and then funding the consumer incentive, they just put it all into the consumer incentive, from my understanding, which increases that offer amount. So when you have the 30%, 30%, you know, 33, the, the third split between consumer incentive, Cardlytics, and the bank, if all the other two thirds is going into the offer amount, that's why you're seeing some larger amounts. I don't know, again, I don't know for certain. This is just what I'm hearing. Um, but again, even though that might be really attractive, there it could be just better for the consumer even still by using Cardlytics.
more offers, more relevant offers, um, et cetera. And then very low likelihood, but I, I just really want this, is the integrated integration of self-service in the banks for SMBs. So if I have a business bank account, which I do, is if I if I could see, oh wow, look at this Carlytics and these offers, I wanna advertise on here. Just like on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, I can advertise directly from those apps, not even on mobile, on the apps I can advertise. If they could do that with like Venmo and the FinTechs, that'd be amazing. Especially with Venmo and their business accounts, right? They have a Venmo business account. If you could have that direct relation, ugh, I just, I'm waiting for that. So in terms of earning results, again, given the pressure that there might be because of all the senior management that might be having a large amount of stock-based compensation, there could be pressure to say, hey, let's, let's have a little bit of better earnings this, this uh, quarter, right? And the way to do that, right, is one thing that they haven't done as much in the past that they said they could do, which is simply notify more users of the offers via email, right, to get those better results. Currently, and I think this is the right decision. Currently, I think Carlos is waiting until they have the new user interface, so you have you know better understanding of the offers. They're waiting for more you know the bridge integration or self-service rollout to have more offers, more relevant offers, because you don't want to notify these users and then them uh, say, "Wow, this was awful. One offer, not relevant. Never going to look at this again." Right? You don't want that bad first impression. So I think Carlos has been waiting, and rightfully so. But again, if they wanted to, I wanted to think through, you know, how few of additional users would need to redeem small amounts. Uh, in order to produce record revenue, right? So if I'm thinking about this right, you know, guidance between 57 and 66 uh, million consumer incentives, 28 to 29, which is about a, like a two to one ratio between revenue and consumer incentive, and then billions between 85 and 95, right? If all the ratios hold up, again, we've had this discussion in the past with consumer, uh, the cost per serve sale model versus the cost per redemption, and not all the consumer incentives are shown here, but again, most are under the cost per serve sale. So I believe then most of the consumer incentives are shown here because then Carlos is paying for them. It gets a little funky, but we're going to keep these ratios the same. If we want to, if we said, hey, you know, what would it take, you know, in terms like of consumer incentives for Carlix to beat revenue by 25%? And the reason for that is if you do that, you get to $82.5 million of revenue, 1.25 times 66, right? Carlix, I don't think, has ever posted more than 70 million in an individual quarter, even on a Q4 with, you know, holiday spend. So that'd be, that'd be huge, right? And I think that'd have good reception by the market. Uh, but who knows? <laughs> Uh, but if, if the ratios hold up then, instead of get only needing $29 million in uh, consumer incentive, you're going to need 36.25, which is $7 million more in consumer incentive. So what would that take? And again, uh, mo it, it could be that it comes from the $10 off Panda Express, $16 off Uber Eats, uh, or resuming of travel offers, right? Again, I redeemed a one night $27 um, from Hyatt. So I think the average of those, maybe most are going to be the Panda or, or, or small amount of of you know travel related i think it's reasonable to assume with those offers you could get ten dollars of consumer incentive right and so out of that what percentage of the 167 million uh, maus would need to redeem ten dollars consumer incentive to get to seven million dollars extra comes out to less than half a percent less, less than five out of 1,000 users right um, would have to redeem just ten dollars out of one of these attractive offers if all the other assumptions hold true, right? And it seems possible. I mean, if you notified the users via email of the travel offers, said, hey, you had 15% off Hyatt, and you maybe that's really relevant to you. Maybe you redeem like me, $27. Uh, or maybe natural discovery um, and the discussions around the Venmo and Dosh offers for Panda Uber Eats, um, especially given the addition of redemption of um, the Venmo offers on the social feed. I mean, I had user, people or friends asking me, what is this, right? And so, and let alone the discussion online, we had all these people who saw 
these offers, right? All of a sudden, and this wasn't posted. Does it even show? I mean, most of these offers, especially, I mean, the Panda wasn't until September. And see, that's part of the issues. Most of these didn't occur until uh, the last month of the quarter. So it makes it a little bit harder. So you had these offers didn't occur until the end of the quarter. Promotion of Venmo offers on their homepage didn't occur until Q4. The high value offers of the Chase exclusive offers, offers didn't happen until Q4. Push notifications, although they're you know, enabled. They haven't been using them. They might use them in Q4, but not Q3. So, I mean, altogether, even though it wouldn't take much to produce record results, again, you have this operating leverage, you have all these users, you have high value offers that might have associated high ARPU. Most of it might not even happen until Q4, right? Because or might not even show up in results till later. So, but all to say, even in Q3, given it's going to, you know, we're going to have a few weeks in until earnings happen, a few weeks of Q4 is they still could have mention of, could give Q4 a full year guidance and hey, this could be better, but who knows? Maybe none of this happens. It's so hard to say with anything, you know, earnings related. It's too short term. So what am I doing? (laughs) Um, As discussed in that conclusion section, talking about like, is the business improving? Is the uh, the probability of success increasing? Is, Is the customer value proposition increasing? I think they're all improving right? Which is great to see, especially at the exact same time that the price is declining, right? Uh, but again, there's a chance that despite all these favorable developments, that the co- that the corresponding results will not occur in the short term. They might not occur during Q3 or Q4. Even the prevalence of all these additional offers and the more relevant offers, the higher value offers, maybe there's no associated uh, purchases uh, occurring. And so Carlix is not getting paid, right? And so However, when deciding on different allocations for Carlix, I wanted to think about any change in the prospects as in relation, uh, as well as in relation to other investments, right? And so other investments that I find attractive, that I understand, that have good customer value propositions, maybe have a, a disconnect between value and price. I, I saw no significant changes there. Uh, but Carlytics, right? Maybe the value of like, a, like in a certain scenario, high value scenario, that outcome of what that valuation would be, maybe that hasn't changed based on anything I'm seeing. But the probability of that incurring based on these observations, I think the probability has increased. Maybe not a lot, but it's increased, which means the expected value's increased. And at the same time, it's not like the price of Carlix has increased. Instead, the price has declined. So you have the ratio of reward to risk, risk-reward trade-off, I mean, but the reward to risk has increased. So it, it seems like it's a, a better value proposition. So personally, I have allocated 100% of my available to invest uh, holdings to Carlytics. Uh, this only exclude the only thing that I that is not available to invest is my employer 401k. I can't do individual securities or individual companies. Uh, in terms of other assets like my rentals, I've been selling them. I've 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 actually closed and sold and allocated them to Carlytics. I have some that are going to be closing next month in Q4. Uh, and so essentially, 100% of my net worth is going to be is almost already, but is going to be in Carlytics. Uh, additionally. I'm using leverage. I've mentioned this before. I've been using a form of non-callable loans. I don't want to use margin loans and get margin called. I mean, if I would have done that before and we had a 50% decline, I would have got probably crushed. That's why I love non-callable. Very, I mean, my interest rate on these are 1% on annual 1%. I, and I can fund that. I, I, you know, I have a job right now. I have a, I have a well-paying job and I, I don't buy much. So it, it's worth that, you know, monthly premium amount is well worth being able to allocate the funds to this. Um, and all interest only. So, I mean, that's just, it's great. For accounts, I manage Carlix as a percentage of net worth uh, for those, you know, individuals is substantially smaller. Very small. In some cases, very small. <laughs> um, out, you know, maybe I'm managing already a small portion of their net worth. And then it's, so even if I did 100%, which I'm not, 
right? Even if I did, it would be a small percentage of their own net worth. But even more so because of that capital, I want to manage. I did not put 100% in. And the reason for that, right, is my my think my line of thinking is too. I'm young, right? Some of these people that I manage money, it's it's older. I care about them, their friend, their friends, family. But <laughs> I'd hate to lose capital of anyone. But I also, for me, even though I hate to lose anything of my money, right? Because over 60, 100 years from now, I want to live long, right? I have a long runway ahead. And the count, the compounding of that lost revenue is, or that lost capital would be huge. So I don't want to lose it, right? Like I'd hate to lose that opportunity cost. Um, but I feel that the amount of capital that, that I, you know, that I'm investing in the loans and everything else is all pretty small in relation to what I could probably conceivably earn over the next like five years, right? Um, I'm I'm further along in my my career, and I could probably earn enough with you know with what I'm doing that if I need if I if even all that went to zero, I could pay it back, right? And so at the same time, over that same you know future time period, the odds of me finding an equally attractive investment, I hope I find many. I don't know. That's way more uncertain to me. And so I want to take advantage of this at this time, right? Uh, and so while I recognize there's a non-zero probability of the stock going to zero, uh, there's minimal debt held by Cardlytics and the current valuations make me feel comfortable holding this level, right? Like I look at other companies and I'm like, should I put more in there? And I don't feel as comfortable, right? And maybe that maybe that's my own commitment, consistency bias, my own, all these other things that are playing into me uh, that I'm not seeing it, but it's just like, even at these valuations, you know, I did the whole valuations thing. You start doing re- reverse DCFs. What is implied by the stock price or the, or the total market capitalization is just not much. There's very low, you know, there's very low that is impl- uh, small assumptions that are implied. And I think, I think Carlos can do way better, right? But I could be wrong. In addition, given the points uh, above combined with the de- depressed stock price and negative sentiment, I've decided to buy out of the money call options for Q3 and Q4. Um, this is something I've never done previously, um, nor plan to make practice of. I don't, I, I don't like it, right? I don't, I don't like doing this uh, because, you know, although I would probably not exercise and I'd sell beforehand, there's still a probability, there's a higher probability that these go to zero, right? The percentage allocation that I've done for these call, out of the money call options uh, is extremely small, right? If it goes to zero, it's like, okay, I've lost a few percentage, uh, which isn't a big deal, right? But at the same time, <laughs> think of the lost dollar, the dollar opportunity cost compounded over a long lifetime. That I don't like thinking about as much. Uh, but again, it, it's a... It, there's a small percentage loss in terms of, you know, of the portfolio and there's a disproportionate upside. I mean, obviously that's implied, right? By uh, like uh, buying these large out of money call options. And one would say, oh, there's a small probability of happening. But based on all these things that I'm seeing, it's like, if there was ever going to be a time that there would be this surprise, I think it's the thing of you have this very large negative sentiment, you have low expectations, you have at the same time all these positive things happening, you have a management team that maybe has extra incentive to produce these results. So it could be the only time, even if it's, because the other thing is about waiting until Q4 or something is if it happens later is that they could say, they could they could release uh, Q4 guidance at Q3. So it's like, this is, to me, this would be the only time I would ever do this. And I'm not saying, I suggest no one do this, right? I actually advise well, there's no investment advice, but I'm not suggesting this at all. This is something I've never done. I've had other times where I've, you know, been following a company really closely and saw these short-term uh, observations. And even still, I didn't want to do call options. But again, I just did a very small amount. But to top it off, regardless of the announcements and the, uh, the financials at the upcoming earnings, as long as the business and customer value proposition uh, for users, advertisers, and banks continue to improve, 
it'll be a win-win scenario, right? Good earnings, announcements with an equally good reception by the market and, adjust, and higher stop price, it'll increase the value of the options. Great, Probably disproportionately if I was just holding, you know, the underlying, you know, uh, position of the stock. Bad reception, even regardless of what happens, but if there's decline in stock price, well, I'm closing on selling more of my, my rental properties and I can use that to purchase just the actual underlying stock um, or in the holding and think for the long term, right? Majority, I am thinking five, 10 plus years out. I've done plenty of write-ups and videos on those long runways that I'm thinking about. This was just that one short-term thing that I'm thinking about and who knows what happened. So uh, closing. Um, I've always wanted to, so the reason kind of that I thought about doing this was I've always wanted to see the notes or thoughts corresponding to great investments that are made by investors in the past. I mean, there's some stuff investors have done where, you know, that's similar situations. And I would have loved just to see, hey, what were you looking at? What were you thinking? What, you know, exact, I know kind of what you've done, but I wanted to know what you're thinking. So it's like, what I've included here is exactly what I would have wanted to see, right? Um, all to say, <laughs> this could go completely the wrong way, Carlis could go to zero and whatever. But a large reason for posting this write-up was to keep myself honest, right? If if things work out well, I wanted to see I want to see if I was right for the right reasons and not tricking myself. Like all of a sudden Carlix produces great results, but it was for something completely different. I don't want to be sitting here saying, Haha, I told you guys, when in fact, no, I told you this and I wasn't even this that was that was completely wrong. I was looking at the wrong thing. Something completely else happened, right? Um, and if I'm wrong I'd rather fail in public and learn from it, right? Since by not sharing in public, it makes me easier to ignore and not learn from it uh, and act as if I didn't make the mistake at all, right? Think of these call options, right? If, if I'm completely wrong, well, hey, I'll admit to it. I, I'm admitting to it now. You can tell why I was wrong because uh, here was my whole thought process. And so I'm not hiding from it. And they'll probably make me better off than going forward in the future. I'll be like, nope, I'm done, right? I had all these things that were leading me to think that this could work and it didn't. So I should never do this again. I, it really pounds it in my head of learning from this mistake. And additionally, you know, even if I am wrong and even in the underlying holding, which is the majority, like all the portfolio, right? I mean, the whole portfolio is pretty much just holding the underlying uh, stock of Carlytics. I care a lot less, like if I'm wrong and it goes to zero, right? I care less about what everyone else thinks. I care way more of like, I just lost my money, right? So at the end of the day, that's like, you know, I don't care if I look foolish to everyone else for doing this. It's like, I'm care about, hey, you know, man, I'm actually glad I did this whole write-up because I can learn from this here was exactly what I was thinking. Wow, this is why I was wrong. I was looking at the wrong things. I was making the wrong assessments. I interpreted this wrong. I was missing all this. Like, I hope I would be a better investor from this then, right? So I hope the information I shared uh, could be of use for some others. And, or if I, you know, if I'm, <laughs> or eventually, you know, if this, if I'm completely wrong, you can learn from my mistakes. So I hope you enjoyed this very long write-up and long video. Uh, hope it can be of some use, and I'll see you on the next one. Feel free to reach out to me. Twitter, uh, you know, discussions on YouTube work. Twitter has been a great place. Send me a direct message if you want, um, and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks, everyone.